Thanks for joining us for Season 5 of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, otherwise known as the Restaurant Guy. And thanks for the introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we're the personalities behind Branded Strategic Hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. You know, Jimmy, before I get uh, started with our phenomenal episode today, I was thinking, I was thinking on my way over here today, I was going to go to the gym, and I didn't go to the gym. You know why? Because I had something in my mind that what I was thinking about was the marketplace. The marketplace, it's incredible, Jim. Jimmy, do you know about this marketplace? You know what? Tell me a little something. I'm, I'm not sure I'm familiar. It's the branded marketplace. Oh, and the branded marketplace. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a digital e-commerce platform providing the best-in-class technology, innovation, professional service suppliers for the entire food and beverage ecosystem. Anyone who's looking for a solution in the hospitality business needs to go to the branded marketplace. You go to thebrandedmarketplace.com. Check it out if you are a supplier and you want to get on the marketplace, all you need to do is email me, Jimmy, at marketplace at brandstrategic.com, and we'll get you on. And if you're a restaurant, a hotel, anybody in hospitality, anybody touching food and beverage, and you're looking for a solution to solve some of the biggest pressing problems, just check out the brandedmarketplace.com. And I'm telling you, you're going to find it because all the coolest companies are there, Jimmy. I got to tell you, that sounds too good to be true. Uh, by the way, uh, how much uh, how much we charge you for this? Jimmy. It's free for everybody. Free? How are we going to make money? Volume, volume. Jimmy. We're making volume. We're making it volume. There you go. But I'm bummed. Selling raincoats below wholesale. All right. Listen, Chats, thank you so much for that. And we are excited about the marketplace. But let's stay focused on our great episode today and our fantastic guests. Uh, we are very uh, excited. Uh, we have our friend and our partner, Mr. Clayton Wood, the CEO of Picnic. Uh, Clayton, welcome to the Hospitality Hangout. And as we like to do uh, with our guests, we'd love you to kind of uh, take a moment, give us a, a quick background on yourself, and of course, uh, introduce us to Picnic. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Shetsy. It's great to be here. Um, really, uh, really pleased about this. Don't lie, Clayton. Don't <laughs> lie to us. I am really pleased to be here. I've, I've done a few <laughs> podcasts, and this is, this is what I've been looking forward to. So uh, really appreciate the opportunity. So uh, my background, I'm a mechanical engineer by training. I've worked in a bunch of industries, including aerospace, renewable energy, agriculture, robotics. And uh, after a series of startups, uh, Picnic is really where I want to be. You know, Picnic is a combination of my passions, robotics, creating new businesses, and really helping customers be more successful. We're very focused on our customers, and that's why we exist. We're not building technology for technology's sake. We really want to help. Uh, customers, and we know everybody in food service needs help these days. You know, thanks for all that. Uh, and Clayton, before we take a really deep dive into Picnic, I like to learn a little bit more about how our guests got to where they are. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away because I think you're definitely uh, the smartest guest we've ever had. Uh, I mean, flight data recorders, I mean, that's the black box, right? That, that's right. I mean, you were building flight data recorders to energy generation and to robotics. I mean, this is crazy. And now you're you're, you're doing picnic. You're making pizzas with with robots. How did you get yeah. from 
Yeah, but flight data yeah, recorders. Chats, just don't ask him why they don't make the whole plane out of the black box because uh, that's what I want. No, no, don't ask. That's a, don't no, ask. The engineers don't like that question. Don't ask it. Stay away from that question. <laughs> that, that question does come up quite a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, like I say, I'm an engineer by training and really an operator of businesses. So I've done uh, professional services. I did aerospace. I was at Honeywell for 12 years. I ran the flight data recorder business there, um, and since I left there, I've, I've been doing startups for about 15 years, uh, really focused on business operations and how do you make the business more effective? And for service businesses like Picnic, Picnic is a, is a service business. How do we make the customer more effective? Um, and so I, I did uh, flight data recorders. I did another aerospace startup, did a nonprofit, did a re couple of renewable energy things, wind energy company, um, just uh, product development uh, consulting, Precision agriculture, precision agriculture, we were we were imaging plants in greenhouses with robotic cameras. So it's really the intersection of how can you apply technology in a way that improves customers' operations that helps them be more successful. I think that's a common theme here. Um, and that's that's really what what picnic is about. How can we how can we leverage automation to improve the lives and the businesses of those working in food service? And that's that's how picnic was started, and that's really what we're focused on. Um, food service jobs are hard. They're tedious. Uh, they're high turnover. A lot of people don't like working in food service. And so how do we make it easier for the worker? How do we make it more profitable for the business owner? Um, that's why we're here. You know, we're going to jump a little bit more into picnic, but but Chatsy, I literally just got like 40 something texts where 90% of them are challenging uh, that Clayton is the smartest um, guest we've ever had because 40 <laughs> other CEOs just texted me and said, what the, how insulting. And by the way, about 10 of them texted saying, I agree. Anyway, but let's talk more about picnic. Um, you know, there's a lot of buzz right now about robotics. And for those of us, you know, or those out there may not be as familiar with technology and robotics. Um, you know, around Picnic, Clayton, I'd love to ask you to share um, maybe a little bit about what exactly um, does Picnic do? How does Picnic work? I, we know you're trying to be helpful uh, to the industry, and we're going to get more into that. But can you describe a little bit more about Picnic for our listeners, please? But, but Jimmy, more importantly about how Picnic works, how do we get the name Picnic? I mean, isn't that really the question everyone wants to know? Makes me smile. I do, too. I like it. How do we get the name about, Picnic? Picnic, actually, it comes from the, I'm glad it makes you smile. It's a happy word. It, it connotes relaxation and happy times. And that's that's the way we want people to, if you want it, the intersection of happy times and food, you're on a picnic, right? I mean, that's that's where it comes I, from. I agree. Um, Love a picnic. All right. Thank you for that. There you go, everybody. It's made easy. That's groundbreaking right there. That's news right there, Jimmy. It's a, it's a happy word. It's a lovely word. It makes me smile. A, we like want people to be happy while they're making food. That's, that's what we're about. So we are in food preparation automation um that's a that's a mouthful there's a there's not actually not too many companies in that space um a growing number but you know when you think about automation and food there's always been industrial food manufacturing and at the kitchen scale there's always been appliances and tools food processors blenders mixers uh dishwashers you know machines that help you prepare and, and run a restaurant uh, but there's really no food preparation automation uh, to speak of. And so this is really a brand new industry, a lot of new players coming into it now, but we have started with pizza. Uh, pizza is one of the most popular foods on the planet. And as we're discovering now, as people are having a hard time finding workers, people don't want to do without pizza. So their, their, their interest in automated pizza is getting really high. 
um, because they they really don't want to do without it. I agree. If I was if I was stuck on a deserted island, the one food I would want it would be pizza. Absolutely. That this is what we see. So we are we're transforming the world of food preparation through automation innovation. Uh, we're focused on saving time, saving labor, uh, making the business more efficient. We're digitizing a manual process. So our system builds a pizza. So we start with a prepared dough. We like to say we're dough agnostic, fresh, frozen, par-baked, hand-tossed, square, round, uh, thick, thin. We're indifferent to what kind of dough you want to use. Uh, and we apply ingredients. We build the pizza, sauce, cheese, fresh sliced pepperoni, any other uh, granular toppings you want to put on, and we produce a ready-to-cook pizza. And then it goes into an oven. So we're also oven agnostic. We don't care how you cook it. We don't care how you make the dough. And so we can make anybody's pizza because a great pizza has a great dough preparation process. It has a great cooking process that's matched to the pizza type. It has great ingredients. And then it's the recipe. What's the proportion of those ingredients? And what our system does is we simply apply your ingredients in the right proportion consistently and quickly in volume so we can make your pizza. Uh, we can make as high quality pizza as anybody else uh, because all we're doing is controlling the assembly of the pizza. We're not, we're not telling you how to make a pizza or what kind of pizza you should make. Clayton, can you put cucumber on a pizza? That is the question. Uh, eventually, we will. We we are a startup. You can so put we, cucumber. We, we can't do everything. everything you cannot put cucumber on a pizza. Cucumber does not go on a pizza. Cucumber does not go on a pizza. We, we don't judge. Yeah, there is no way. There is no way I'll accept cucumber on a pizza. At, at Picnic, we don't judge the ingredients. We just put them <laughs> on the no pizza. There's no judgments. They're agnostic to dough and agnostic to the topping. So, so look, that's it. Food automation seems to be popping up everywhere, as Jimmy said before. We're seeing it all over the place. So why do you think it is that now, I mean, like you said, I mean, a dishwasher has been in a restaurant for as long as I can remember. I'm doing this over 25 years. We've always had a dishwasher. So why is it now that food automation is popping up and why does it matter for Picnic? So it, it's a couple of things. Um, one thing is, obviously, there's always been a labor shortage in food service. Before the pandemic, National Restaurant Association said there were 800,000 open food service jobs in the U.S. and that was going to grow to 1.5 million by 2025. Then there's a pandemic. So now it's gone from an industry problem to headline news. Um, the other thing that's happening at the same time is delivery and carry out is accelerated tremendously. And also the pandemic has, has transformed, it's broken the paradigm. It used to be commercially prepared food. It's in a kitchen attached to a dining room. How do you get mm -hmm. that food? You go, you call up on the phone, you stand in a queue, you sit at a table. So the order, the pace of orders coming into the kitchen was paced by how, how fast orders can come in. Now orders are coming in digitally. They come in at an unlimited pace. Um, so you've got a tremendous order volume in the kitchen. The kitchen isn't necessarily attached to a restaurant. It may be a ghost kitchen. It may be a retailer, um, maybe a, a shipping container on the side of the road. Um, but those orders are coming in fast. So you've got to make a high volume of high quality food consistently. And how do you do that? First option that comes to mind is you hire a whole bunch of people. Well, that doesn't seem to be an option these days. So if you you actually can't do that without a lot of people, and if a lot of people is not an option, automation is the only answer. So there's just no practical way today to produce consistent high quality food at volume without automation. The problem for operators is if they go shopping for automation, there isn't any out there. There's very few options because it's such a new industry. And that's why we're seeing such tremendous interest combination of how popular pizza is, the fact that there's a real problem in producing pizza in high volume, and the fact that we're, we're the only uh, solution on the market at the moment that's serving operators in kitchens.
Now that's really great. And, and I think um, I really wanted to talk about um, the labor shortage and, and I know you just touched on it there, but, but I gotta tell you, if you ask uh, any operator, and I'm not just talking about here in the US, you could go to any developed country right now and you're gonna have, if we're playing the game of Family Feud, one of the top answers on the board in terms of challenges and struggles um, at this moment is the labor shortage. So, so Clayton, in your opinion, you know, do you feel the, this, this kind of push and this need for automation um, is it a stopgap fix? Is it to address the current shortage? Or at this point, it's here to stay. You're not going to put the genie back in the bottle. You're not going to put technology back in the bottle. And this is not just a, a near-term solution. This is the direction we're going. I think it's very clearly here to stay. Like I say, it was here. It was here before it became headline news, and it's and it's going to continue. Uh, the the average tenure of food service workers is three to four weeks, um, and that's the nature of the job, right? You can, you know, low training. You come in, you do the job for a few weeks, you pay your rent, you leave because you can walk down the street and get another job anytime you want, and that's the nightmare of the of the operator. Before the pandemic, we talked to a franchisee who was saying he spent all of his time trying to interview people and train people. As soon as he got them trained, they would quit. So he was spending all of his time on labor management issues. And pizza is particularly acute for this because it takes a lot of people to make pizza in a hurry. Pizza order, people come in during a rush. You need a lot of people working during the rush if you wanna make fresh pizza. And, but you can't schedule people for a two hour shift. So you've got labor costs before and after that shift, or you make the pizza way ahead of time, which degrades the quality, it's not as good. Um, the or you make them wait a long time, which is also not good. So you're losing sales because people are saying, "I don't want to wait an hour and a half for my pizza." So it's a it's a real it's a real challenge. Um, and we just think you know this is these labor conditions are going to continue. People have found other jobs that they can do, and in our customer base, we're seeing that the people operating the pizza machine instead of making pizza are, have a lot higher satisfaction. They say this is great. I don't have to make pizza anymore. So they really, they, they have a higher productivity and they enjoy the work back more. You know, I, I let's stick, stick to the, uh, the topic about labor shortage. Um, I, I know there's a stigma that when it comes to hospitality, that robotics and automation are taking away jobs. They're taking away uh, work from American workers or from workers all over, all over the world for that matter. Um, I, I know we, we put in automation into a couple of restaurants with self-pouring beverage. And I remember uh, Jimmy and I were at one of the restaurants we had this. We were like, well, you know, you're killing bartenders jobs. You're putting in automation, self-pouring. Can you can you just <laughs> debunk this myth for us that automation is not killing jobs? Absolutely. No, what we have always said is we're not taking jobs. We're taking job openings. Uh, when we first announced our, our business two years ago, um, we had a local news station came and asked exactly the same question. I gave exactly the same answer. And they had never heard that before. They didn't realize there was a, a labor shortage in food service. So on their way back to their studio, they actually filmed all the restaurants they passed and every one of them had a help wanted sign help wanted, on the right. You know, nobody can get enough workers. So it's not, anybody who wants a job in food service can get one, but, yes. but the job openings out there. So we're helping the operators fill those job openings, helping them deal with the, that peak staffing, which is a short shift and not, not good work. They still need workers. Our system works with people. It's, it's what you'd call a cobot. It, it works with people. It doesn't work instead of people. Oh, so I like it, that, it Jimmy. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> cobot, Jimmy. Cobot. I never heard that before and I like it. We'll use it, we'll give attribution to Clayton. 
<laughs> well, I, I'm the one who kind of figured, found it. You know, I've kind of like. Right, we'll go to the know? videotape. I think Clayton just found it. That I think he just formed that phrase. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I love it. You know, Clayton, I actually I appreciate your answer to Shatsy's question, and and actually, it's admittedly a lot better than mine because when somebody asks me that question, I tell them that I'll only engage in this discussion if they tell me that they don't don't use an easy pass and they wait in the cash line uh, at the toll booth, or mm -hmm. they um they they never go to a self a fill you know fill up your self gas tank. They, they have to do, they have to use the uh, the attendant because simply people just don't do that other than maybe New Jersey and and and, and gas. Um, crazy New Jersey. State of New Jersey can't, you can't fill up your car. Other do than that, you. no one waits in the easy pass or in the cash lane. I, I, the conversation usually ends at that point. But your answer is a lot more thoughtful and intelligent, and mine's a lot more argumentative. So I like your answer more. Listen, we've referenced this in the past. Um, but when talking about robotics, um, I think it's 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 just so appropriate that in a um, in a technology study that was done not long before uh, the pandemic hit our shores, um, other than coal mining, the hospitality industry ranked among the lowest or ranked the lowest among industries um, willingness to embrace technology or in the case of hospitality and maybe coal mining, lack of uh, willingness. Um, COVID has change that. And we like to say that the pandemic has uh, really, I guess, changed nothing and accelerated everything um, with respect to the embracement of tech. What do you see as the silver lining for the food industry and its advancements? And, and what emerging trends do you think are absolutely here to stay? Absolutely. It, you know, when you look at what was what's happening in food service, everything that's happening in food service due to the pandemic was happening before. We already knew that pickup and delivery was accelerating much faster than dine-in. Um, but we also knew that lots of operators were mired in this low margin, uh, high stress, high turnover with labor force, just really crippled businesses struggling to figure out how to do this. Um, and, you know, I, a friend of mine was quoted on a podcast a, a few weeks ago saying that the problem with a lot of restaurants is that you have a vision of a chef, very creative, coming up with great dishes, but a kitchen is a horribly inefficient factory trying to consistently produce these dishes that someone has designed. And so um, when, you when you say, how do you fix that problem for the business? How do you fix that problem for the industry? The fact that the pandemic accelerated everything, it's accelerated trends in other places that you know are here to stay. Video conferencing, contactless delivery, uh, delivery and pickout, increased hygiene standards, uh, ghost kitchens, virtual kitchens. These things are all here to stay because they were things that were already indicated by where the consumers were going. And technology is just the enabler of how do you do this more efficiently? How do you do it more effectively? And when you've got a technology solution that works, that's consistent with what people wanted anyway, like I wanted to have my family of four order four different styles of food, and I wanted to eat my food on the couch in front of Netflix. When you can give people that and it's high quality, fresh food, why would you go back to a different model? Shatsy Clayton's he's got he's dropping knowledge. Gotta, he's dropping I, knowledge I, bombs I, right now. I gotta be honest with you. I gotta get a copy of that and write that down. That's yes. the most eloquent, most beautiful thing I've ever heard anyone say. And you said he's not the smartest person on this podcast, Jimmy. <laughs> no, I that just was said, incredible. I, did he I, write that? Clayton, did you come off the cuff with that or did you write that down? <laughs> I was just saying Sterling Douglas is pissed at you. Yeah, that's all I'm telling well, you. <laughs> I don't care because that was unbelievable what he just said. I got tears in my eyes. I, I'm like goosebumps. It was gorgeous. Anyway, listen, Clayton, that was gorgeous. I don't think we'll ever do it. Maybe we should just end the podcast right now. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for joining us. That <laughs> yeah, was just incredible. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, joining us. <laughs> yeah. All kidding aside. So let me ask you. So, I mean, it's incredible what you just said. I agree with everything. Jimmy agrees with everything. I know he does. 
What's next? What's next for Picnic? What can we expect? It's pizzas, but you said it starts with pizza. So what's next? What else are we going to be making? Salads, burgers? I mean, what a pasta? What else is coming through this Picnic? Absolutely. The best thing about Picnic is we're just getting started. We we just oh, we just it. closed our Series A uh, financing round. We just started pre-orders, our commercial deliveries. Um, we, we, we announced that and we sold out in a week. We were at the Pizza Expo, got a ton of pre-orders in two days, even though there were only 20% of the people at the show. We're increasing production. We have, we've had successful pilots in restaurants, theme parks, stadiums, convention centers. Next year, you're going to see adoption of Picnic announced. Uh, household names in pizza, convenience, retail, quick serve, grocery, hospitality. Um, you're also going to see uh, international expansion before the end of 2022. And you asked about other foods. Yeah, we will be moving to other foods. Our same technology can be used for other foods, sandwiches, salads, tacos, bowls. Um, but right now we're we're 100% focused on pizza. Pizza is in an enormous market. It's really popular. Mm -hmm. And people, there's no automation solution for Picnic out there other than Picnic. So we're we're trying to help all the people who really want their pizza fast and consistent and high quality. And so we're going to solve that first, and then we'll be moving to other foods. Can you get one of these picnic machines for Jimmy to his apartment? Because <laughs> he, I mean, this is a guy who loves pizza. He just needs to get in line. There's a lot of the phones ringing every day. Come so we know you, Bubby. We know you. Come on. We're family. <laughs> <laughs> you can only treat those people like it's the family you treat secondary. You, got, you, right. can, you, you can't do that. All right, Jimmy. You're going to have to wait, Jimmy. All right. All right. I'll wait. I'll wait my turn. All right. Listen, Clayton, thank you for all of that. Um, you know, we want to move on um, to our talking back section. Um, we, we launched the podcast because we love bringing on our friends and our partners uh, and the people that are shaking up the industry. And we love asking them questions. We learned along the way um, that they have some, maybe some questions for us. So um, our producer, Ms. Julie Zucker, uh, produced Talking Back, where we offer our guests the chance to ask us questions Nothing is off the table. Clayton, the microphone is yours, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, you, 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 know, you made the point earlier that uh, hospitality tends to be a, a kind of a lagging industry in terms of technology adoption. Um, I think it, it's, it, the point is being pressed. People are being forced to consider technology adoption that they hadn't considered before. So when, you're, when you guys are thinking about new technology, what, do you, what factors do you think are most important to your partners? Is it price? Is it ease of use? Is it innovation? Is it how well is it solving the problem? What? How do you think they're thinking about this? Because this is a really new thing for for most of the people in in your world. It's a great question. Boy, that's a, that is a great question. I, I was expecting nothing less than a great question from Clayton. Uh, I got to be honest. All of the above. I think, uh, at least from a restaurant operator, I think first and foremost, it's got to really be solving some of our most pressing problems. I think that's first. I mean, sometimes there's nice to have. And there's the, the, the need to have or the must haves. And I think that's kind of the things that we look at. So I think, um, like you said, right now, labor is a problem. And I think, uh, as you said, automation efficiencies are something we're looking at. And I think from an operational standpoint, I know uh, one of our partners, we talk about it all the time, just there's only so much efficiency I can get from scheduling. You know, there's only so much efficiency I can get from from prep. So at some point you, you, you squeeze, you know, all the, the most basic efficiencies you look at to the, to the, to the point there is no more and you have to find other areas. And I think right now uh, that's where I think robotics is coming in. 
uh, because this is something we haven't seen before. Like I said, a dishwasher was something, I mean, sure, a person can wash dishes. They've been washing dishes. Then you had a dishwasher and, and that helped, you know, reduce uh, the cost and, and it made it more efficient. So I think for us, anything that we can find that really, really helps uh, solve problems and increases efficiency uh, is, is, is what we're looking at. And, uh, and to Jimmy's point, you know, in, the, in our industry, we are extremely slow to embrace technology. And you see the ones we had. I mean, a point of sale system was our first technology that we all had. And, we, and that was pretty much it. And it never really changed. That was, that was it, you know. Um, and now, uh, like we said, the pandemic has really accelerated things. So people are really now really excited about looking at things that they probably a few years ago never even thought about looking at. Shachi, I think your answer was excellent. I am gonna, I am gonna speak to you after the show about your obsession with dishwashers right now. But, but otherwise, I think your answer was was except with exceptional. Um, the, uh, the, 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 it's like the only automation <laughs> I know in the restaurant is a dishwasher. The, the, the only, the only thing, I, the only thing I would, would the, the only, blender, the blender, Jimmy. The only thing I would add um, from the branded perspective, Clayton, is that we are a very operator-driven uh, and operator-centric uh, investor in this space. Um, so we speak to a lot of operators. They represent a big part of our, our network and our community. And we really like to invest in companies that address the most pressing opportunities, challenges, struggles, or even the problems. Um, and, and the pandemic has put a spotlight on many. And um, while some of the investments we make are clearly more very just in time or near term or even immediate term focused, um, when we met you and your team and we saw what you were doing and, and given the headaches and the, the headwinds on the labor side, which are really material, um, we felt the operators were ready to embrace this. And everything you're doing at your company is proving that to be true. So um, you're in the, we're in the right place at the right time um, and you're doing it the right way so we appreciate you and and that's the only thing i'd want to add so shatsy i pass it back to you my friend yeah thank you jim you always have to add something you can never just let it be and say shatsy that was beautiful can't do it can't do it but you know what i'm going right back to you clayton on this one because right now we're going to the top of the tech stack and we're looking at what is the most important technology that restaurant operators should have what areas of hospitality tech Outside of Picnic, of course, would you recommend to operators that they must have? What is the piece of technology in their tech stack they must have outside of Picnic? Go! The dishwasher. The dishwasher. <laughs> Thank you, Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> and a blender. <laughs> I tell you what, I'll, I will, uh, I'll, I'll turn the question around. And I think the Wait the a minute. I turned is, it around on you. You can't turn it around on me. <laughs> the, the reality is that Technology is there to solve a problem. And if you start with the technology, you end up with an answer looking for a question. So I think that you start from what is it? What's your technology strategy? What problem are you looking to solve? And even with our system, as, as amazing as it is, you the real problem is order to fulfillment end-to-end -end process. So all we're doing is building a pizza. We're not cooking the pizza. We're not we we can take the order very efficiently, but we're not really part of that ordering process, the marketing process, the fulfillment. Is it somebody picking it up? Is delivery? You can't just drop automation in and expect everything to get better. You really got to look at the whole Indian -end process optimization. And I would say, you know, listen to what problem, what's the pain that your customers are, are facing? Can you, can you give your customers a fresher uh, meal, higher quality, quicker service? Uh, more consistent output, you know, which which problem do you actually want to solve? 
and then look for solutions that help you solve that problem. Um, if you just get seduced by some gee whiz technology, you're likely going to have a mismatch with what's actually going on in your operation. That's beautiful. Hey, Shatsy, I just wanted you to know Clayton's answer was beautiful. It was perfect. It was beautiful. And, I, it was beautiful. And, I, and I have nothing to add to it. See, when you give an answer no. like that, then I, <laughs> then I don't add anything. I got nothing to add. Um, no, thank you for that. I want Clayton, to what are you doing our... next Tuesday? We have another <laughs> podcast and we're looking for another host. <laughs> I want to go into our crystal ball moment, uh, the opportunity uh, where we ask our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hats uh, and predict the future. So, so Clayton, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology? Um, yeah, it's very interesting. When I got into this space, I looked at what's the landscape, what are people working on, what what constitutes restaurant tech, who are the existing players, and what I found was. 95% plus of the companies saying they're doing restaurant technology are actually IT companies. It's software, it's computers. Nothing's actually touching food. What are you doing in a restaurant? You're, you're preparing food. So this is this is where the real need is, is to, to be touching food and actually help with the food preparation process. And so I think that reflects, it's just an immature situation. You know, the industry is lagging. If you think about an industry like aerospace, Nobody talks about aerospace technology. Aerospace is technology. Everything aerospace does is technology. Right. And I think that's where hospitality is headed. I think in, in a couple of years, you won't talk about restaurant technology. You'll talk about food preparation or, or hospitality. And of course, there's technology and it's embedded. And it's just it's part of what happens. It's not a separate thing that needs to be applied. And you're going to see uh, you know, this, this transformation that's happening with ghost kitchens, uh, virtual brands, uh, digital fulfillment, that's going to that's going to shake out the the people doing, you know, 10 minute groceries are going to be doing 10 minute fresh food. And that's going to get combined with with the you know, any other kind of commercial food preparation. So you see this huge churn, lots of players that's going to get sorted out consolidation and, and efficiencies. Winners are going to emerge and losers are going to fall away. Uh, automation is clearly going to be the normal thing. For, because that's going to be the, the ticket to ride. You're not going to be able to compete unless you have an automated operation on your fulfillment. If you're a grocer, on your on your preparation, if you're a, a, a restaurant operator, um, all that's going to get much more automated, much more end-to-end -end digitized, and much more efficient. And you won't be able to separate it out. Uh, if you're if you're in the business, you're going to be operating technology. Oh God, I'm tired, Jimmy. I'm blown away. This could be the best podcast we've ever had. <laughs> Well, Shatsy, you know, know what we need right now, Shatsy? The, the only way to make it better, we got to we, we dig deep and produce the best section. And here we come. Here we go. Yeah, I got to go. I, I have to go, right, Clayton? We got to go to the branded quick fire. I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Don't think too hard. Just give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Favorite pizza topping. Don't say cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is Italian sausage. Nice. Mm. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Uh, tonight, I've got my own technology integration. I'll be using my sous vide to uh, cook up some chicken breasts. Whoa, sous vide. Hello, <laughs> sous vide. What is your favorite food city in the world? Uh, that has to be Paris. Where is your favorite place to travel? The beach. Any beach. <laughs> any beach. If you were a guest on The Price is Right, and you had to go head-to-head -head in the Showcase Showdown with Jimmy Rye. Who would you have better odds of beating? I have to go with the restaurant guy. 
Whoa, wait a minute. I was, getting, I was getting my microphone ready today. This one was teed up for me. Boom. Wait a minute. I am very good at prices, right? Jimmy's never even been shopping. He doesn't know. He's never even I'm been the to finance a guy. I'm the guy that knows the numbers. Right. He had to he had to take you down. Um so well well played, Clayton. Listen, we want to thank you so much for joining us uh on the podcast and um for sharing uh really some great insights. And we, we joke around a lot and we had a lot of fun, but I gotta tell you, we really do uh think you shared some great insights with our audience uh and ourselves and, and we appreciate that. Uh we also really value what you and your company are doing uh to support the hospitality industry. As I said, we we are deeply passionate about this industry. We want to improve margins. We want the operators to do well. And we, again, value everything you're doing to help make that happen. If you want to get in touch with Clayton directly, um, for avoidance of doubt, we will not be giving you his cell number, which we want to But take. I have his cell phone yeah, right here, Jimmy. Not doing it. Not doing it again. That was a mistake we made in season one. We don't we, we learn from those we things. Do, oh, we don't um, do that anymore? We don't do that anymore. But you can email us. And by us, I mean podcast at brandedstrategic.com podcast at brandedstrategic.com and we'd be happy to make the introduction uh, to our listeners we want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in we know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there and the fact that you choose to hang out with us is something that we really do appreciate and value jimmy we got to talk about the special offer uh, wait a minute you don't know about it because Clayton called me privately and told me about the special offer. I just want to signal to Clayton that we do have Shazzy's personal credit card. And if the offer is something you're not into, uh, Clayton will make sure it gets billed to Shazzy's. Why would he not be into it? It's his idea. It was right. his idea, the All special right. offer. All right, break the it up. first out. 100 callers <laughs> or emails will get a picnic robotic machine <laughs> sent to their home and Clayton will bring it and install it and teach you how to use it. 100 people be making their own pizzas. They'll be the most popular people on the block. Clayton, thank you. That is some offer. Well, there you have it. And as I said at the start of that, that's why we got it. Shatsy's personal credit card. And I'll send that along to the, the finance team at Picnic. And uh, we can hit that card a few, uh, well, exactly 100 times. It's the best offer we've ever had, It Jimmy. is the best offer we ever had. And that's why it's also a fake uh, offer <laughs> that, that we're ever giving. So good for that. Listen, I was thanking our listeners. We know there's a lot out there. And, the, and you choose to hang out with us. And that is awesome. Join us next time as we welcome our guest, Jeff Alexander, President and CEO of WowBow. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast. You don't miss out any exciting guests coming up in the future. And better yet, please invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. So until then, this is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, with deep appreciation uh, to Clayton for sharing his insights, insights with us. And I'll pass it back to my boy, Shatsy. Hey, thanks, Jimmy. And thanks to everybody listening. This is Shatsy, a.k.a. The Restaurant Guy. And I got to tell you, Clayton, I will be going back to this podcast and ripping off most of the things you said today <laughs> and using them tomorrow in many of my conversations because they were brilliant. So thank you for being our guest. Thanks, everybody. There you have it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Clayton. <laughs>